And you did not hear, viewers and listeners, a second this meeting is being recorded because Steve Hunt is not with us today. We're wishing him well and his son's baseball tournament. But my name is Bill Woodcock, and you are watching or listening to another edition of Forward Maryland. And we are very pleased to have on the podcast today a former member of the Cecil County Board of Commissioners and a current candidate for Cecil County Council uh, from District 4 in Cecil County. And her name is Phyllis Kilby. Phyllis, welcome to Forward Maryland. We're happy to have you here today. Thank you very much, Bill. I, I appreciate the opportunity. So, so we don't get, I mean, we are, Steve and I are both based in Howard County and a lot of our podcasts, even though we're are statewide. We're, we're generally within the, the, the 95 corridor. We've, we've done other, you know, shows with talking with folks from the shore and from Western Maryland, but Cecil County is, is a little bit of newer territory for us. So, uh, you know, we're happy to learn about your candidacy. I know we both learned about it on the, on your uh, campaign's Facebook page, but for those of us out there and for people who are watching or listening, who don't know anything about you, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and tell us why you're running for Cecil County Council. Okay, let's go to Cecil County first. Okay. I like to say, I like to say that Cecil County is the county in Maryland that holds the state of Maryland together. So we're right up there at the top. We hold the Western Shore and the Eastern Shore together and unite it. We're almost Delaware, almost Pennsylvania, not quite as large as a lot of the counties in Maryland, uh, only a little over 100,000 residents. Uh, but I feel like we're a vital part of the state and uh, contribute a lot to the state. So a little bit about me. Um, I was a county commissioner about 24 years ago and I served two terms, elected not to run for the third term because I felt like it was time to give somebody else a chance to have fun. Um, I've been a dairy farmer most of my life. I have um, helped run and create a small business. We have an ice cream shop that's still going in Cecil County called Kilby Cream. Um, my husband and I decided at the age of 70 that it was time to retire. So we sold all the businesses, uh, but still retain the farmland itself and are able to live there on the farm. So we get the best of both worlds. We get to live on the farm and not have to do the work. So, you know, what, what could be better than that? I, I've uh, came originally from Pennsylvania um, when I was very young and got married and have fallen in love with Maryland over the years and love Cecil County and its people. I know in the uh, Baltimore area, sometimes Cecil County doesn't have a very good reputation. But uh, we've continued to work throughout the years to try to, um, to repair that reputation and show a different side of Cecil County. One of the um, goals of my husband's life and mine has been to preserve farmland in Cecil County. So when I was a county commissioner 24 years ago, I was able to um, promote farmland preservation and uh, preserved over 11,000 acres of land uh, just in those eight years that I was uh, a county commissioner. 
So the reason I got into this race, I'm sitting at home, I'm retired, taking care of one last grandchild, drinking my coffee in the morning, day after the primary, looking at the results and seeing that the candidates that won almost to a person, except for one, were all far right candidates. Um, Moms of Liberty, uh, Trump supporters, um, you know, all those kinds of things that um, sort of uh, work against all the things that I sought to build up for Season County. So I'm sitting there and thinking and thinking, no one's doing anything. No one's opposing this. No one, you know, everybody just sort of acquiescing. And I thought, you know, I have the time. I have the experience. Uh, I've been in government. I've done small business, uh, you know, worked in a lot of different areas. So I can do this. Why not? I know Lisa Murkowski was the only one in history, I think, in the United States that ever won a write-in campaign. But I thought, gosh, if Lisa Murkowski with a name like that, somebody with the name of Kilby surely could do this. Um, So I filed to be a write-in candidate. And what has thoroughly surprised me is the number of people that are very appreciative of the fact that I've decided to run. I'm, I'm, um, I'm people that I've known for years, you know, have appeared out of nowhere um, that I've kind of lost in the midst of time, you know, and said, you know, we're really glad you're running. We support your candidacy. What can we do to help you? I have a great team. I couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with. Um, I have a treasurer who was the former treasurer of the county of Cecil when Cecil County had a treasurer. Um, I have a campaign manager who was co-owner of the local supply store in Elkton, who's been there for years. Um, I have an IT person, thank God, that's 40 years younger than I am, who knows how to do all those things. Um, And just a really... Um, great group of people who are supportive and helpful. So what am I doing? I am doing everything. We are doing social media. We are doing every fair, yard sale, door-to-door, car. I went to two car shows yesterday. Um, you know, I we're doing everything. We're trying to be everywhere. Um, if I can't be there, then I have grandchildren who will wear a t-shirt and go for me, grandchildren who will wear a t-shirt and go for me, and other supporters who will wear a t-shirt and go for me. So I have a lot of people out there making it known. We have yard signs. We're going to have billboards soon. Um, We're going to take the advice of Sheila Dixon uh, and do a um, video with uh, sort of an upgraded or updated, I should say, schoolhouse rock theme on how to write in a boat. Uh, We have pens with my name on it for people who need a pen to write in a boat. We have bracelets with my name on it to help them, they could wear into the polls. So in case they forget how to spell my name. One of the really positive things about uh, a write-in in in Maryland is that you don't really have to spell the name to the T. It, um, 
as long as it's an approximation of your name, uh, it'll count. The trick is making sure that we get it on the right line and we fill in the little bubble, those kinds of things. Because after I came out and said that, you know, I was going to do a write-in campaign, there was another woman who had been in the county council not too long ago um, who also decided that, you know, she had had enough. So she's doing a write-in campaign in the second council district. So we are working together and um, our mantra is protect Cecil. And um, our hashtag is revenge of the grandmas. <laughs> so, you know, don't mess with your grandma. No, no, I was raised by my grandma. No, you do not mess with your grandma at all. That's that's really bad. Um, I love this, Phyllis. So, so I mean, for those out there who, who might not be aware, I mean, what you do, as Phyllis was saying, what you do have to do, uh, either when you get your mail-in ballot or when you go to a polling place to early vote or regular, is you have to look past the Democrat and Republican candidates, and then there's a line for write-in, and you have to fill in the blank of write-in. Just putting the person's name in for write-in doesn't do it because you're actually voting for a write-in. So you have to fill in the, the little bubble. Um, you know, in Howard County, it's making the head and the tail of the arrow meet, and then you write in the person's name. And, and you know, Phyllis is right. She's K-I-L-B-Y. It's not, you know, Murkowski or Woodcock <laughs> or, or something crazy like that. Um, and so, you know, you have to put in her name. And then, um, and then uh, that's, that's how you cast your right in ballot. Did I, did I get it right? You got it right. You got it Excellent. right. And I now, can understand that anybody could. I, that's what, you know, I think the thing is challenging people, you know, saying, okay, you know, this is, and I think once they do it, they're going to feel so good about themselves that they were actually able to master this write-in campaign vote thing. You know, it's, it's I, a, I, I think it's an ego builder. Uh, you know, we, we are all in, I mean, it sounds like you would agree with me that, that, you know, more democracy is good uh, and, and, you know, empowering people to make uh, more choices and giving them more choices is good. Um, and, and so this is a, a wonderful outlet to do it. So we've talked a good bit about how to vote for you. Let's talk a little bit about why people should vote for you. So why should people vote for you, Phyllis? Okay, well, one of the things that's going on in the county, and the more people I talk to, uh, the more stories I hear. Um, the county council has basically given the county executive uh, a free ride. Uh, they have, the checks and balances are gone. Uh, there are no checks and balances. It's just acquiescence. And one of the um, scary things for me is, um, Andy Harris is backing the majority of the council members and bankrolling them. Um, he has bankrolled the current county executive and the process has been um, a mess to say the least. Mm -hmm. When you have, and I know, okay, let, let's back this up. I know that the council members under the charter have limited authority, but as it stands now, nobody is questioning anything. 
they're just letting everything ride. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, an administration that you do not get a financial report to the council from the financial officer for six months from February to September, there's no financial report. No one is asking questions. No one knows where the money is. No one knows where the money is being spent. And in a council meeting, and you can go to the tape and listen to this, I'm not making it up. In a council meeting in September, when the financial officer finally gives a financial report and is asked why it took six months to get one, he says, I forgot. And you didn't ask me for one. And, you know, I'm sitting here on the Zoom meeting looking at this and wanting to scream. Has anyone read the charter? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, if you don't mind me interrupting, this is the chief financial officer of Cecil County government saying, I forgot to do the county's financial report for six months. My bad. Uh, promise I'll do it the next time. And you didn't ask me for it. Oh, well, of course. Of course. Well, of course. Of course. Who, would have, who would have expected it? <laughs> and I did, I'm tearing my hair out. You know, I'm thinking. Good heavens. I'm thinking this, you know, in what government is this acceptable? Uh, in, in what business is this acceptable? <laughs> because I know uh, they're dealing very much with an end of a fiscal year coming up in a week. Um you know, I can't tell my boss, hey, you know, I just kind of decided <laughs> to not deal with anything. You know, it's given me a sad and, you know, I forgot. Um, hey, catch it next year. Uh, yeah. that, that doesn't fly. No, and, I, and this is the kind of thing that's been going on, um, not only in this department. I mean, there's been a slowdown of permits. Uh, the court, not the courthouse, the county administrative building where all the, you know, permits and inspections, all the offices are, you can get into the building on the ground floor where there's one meeting, big meeting room where the council holds its meetings. Um, and there's a pickup, I think, for permits. You cannot get to the upper floors of the administration building at all unless you are escorted by somebody from the office to which you are going. Hmm. There are big doors there that are locked. You need a fob, key fob to get through. So th this was a wake up call again for me, because when I went, I didn't know this. I hadn't been in the administration building for a while. When I went into file, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And the receptionist says, okay, I'll get somebody to come and get you. So somebody from the elections office had to come down to the foyer, get me and get me through the doors. So the people who own the county administration building can't even get into the county administration building. And even according to President Biden, the pandemic is over, okay? Right. You know, so it's just, and it's been this way for a while. So there's no transparency. We don't know what's going on. There's no accountability and no one's asking questions. Um, the deputies are underfunded. There was a situation where the uh, deputies were in contract negotiations with the administration. 
And the lawyer that was doing the contract negotiations told the deputies they had a pay parity clause in their contract that uh, if they wanted a contract, the pay parity clause had to go. And this was a parity with all the other uh, county employees. So they agreed to it because they were afraid not to. Well, gosh, you know what happened about, I don't know, maybe a month later, the administration gave the county employees a raise and the deputies were kind of left out in the cold. So we are currently down 22 deputies. Uh, we just, the pay between our deputies and the surrounding areas were very, very close to Delaware, um, close to Harford County, uh, close to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just can't compete. So we're down 22 deputies. And if you look at Cecil County, it's actually sort of shaped like the state of Maryland itself. It's it is. Very, it is. It's a very long county. I mean, to get from one end of the county to the other end of the county is at least two hours, you know, traveling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having four deputies on call is not really a good plan for public safety. We just don't have the deputies. Our correctional officers are down for the same reason. The, <clears throat> excuse me, the administration funded uh, the school system $1 over maintenance and effort mm. just to get state money. <clears throat> so you and, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to get a drink. Oh no, take your time, I'm sorry. No, this, this, is, this, is, this is very interesting. And I'm hoping that <clears throat> our viewers and listeners, especially from other counties are, are learning from this because you know we in Howard County think it's bad that you know, they only fund, you know, 2% over the maintenance of effort, you know, $1. $1. And she was, the county executive was not going to fund $1 ever. She was just going to flatline it and found out that she couldn't get state money if she didn't increase it by, you know, mm -hmm. something. So she $1'd it. Um, that's resulted in larger class sizes. Okay. Think in your mind of 28 five-year-olds in a kindergarten class with no aid. Think about 28 five-year-olds with differing abilities of opening their backpack, going to the bathroom, getting their coat on, getting, how much instruction do you think is gonna get done in that classroom? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this is what's happening across the board and teachers are being called on to do multiple jobs because they didn't particularly want to lay anybody off, but they've lost teachers by attrition. You know, mm -hmm. teachers are leaving. The stress level of the pandemic, plus the stress level of having less teachers to do all these jobs um, is, is taking its toll on the um, workforce there. I've talked to a lot of teachers. Uh, one of my things that I've been trying to do is go around and talk to different people. So I've talked to lots of teachers. I've talked to some deputies, you know, trying to get a sense of exactly what is going on because I knew the surface, but I didn't know what was going on underneath. Um, and it's just a really, really bad situation. Somebody has got to say something, do something, put some pressure on somewhere because the other end of it is um, not only have they lowered the school budget, 
but they've also cut the small capital projects budget. And that goes into, you know, doing things like gym floors, um, you know, water pumps, you know, those kinds of things. And my thing is, um, one of the things that really concerns me is that we had, there was a program to do safe school entrances, you know, after the um, school shootings that have gone on, uh, the entrances where, you have to go into the office and can't get into the main school building, you know, if you go in the front door. So there are seven elementary schools left that don't have a safe school entrance. I realize, you know, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I know this wouldn't particularly stop a, stop a shooter, but for my mind, it would slow them down. And unlike Uvalde, the deputies that we do have are very conscientious and the town workforces. So they would be there, you know, within a heartbeat if something was going on. So my deal is you slow this, you know, if there is a shooter, you slow them down. Mm-hmm. So seven more safe school entrances. Do you think any of those were included in this past budget? Of course not. The county council president negotiated for one. And you don't get these things done next month. You have to plan them ahead. You know, it's going to take at least a year, year and a half to get these things done because you can't do them while the students are in school. You usually do them during the summertime. So, you know, that's not a priority. So to me, where you put your money in any budget, whether it's a business or whether it's government, that tells you where your values are and what what you're looking out for. Obviously, our students are not a priority. Our teachers are not a priority. Our deputies are not a priority. And hence, if our deputies are not a priority, the safety of the citizens is not a priority. So, you know, it's just, it goes on down. You know, I could go on. They cut the library budget. They cut the parks and rec budget. They, you know... Well, this is a lot. This is a lot. And, and, and the, the word that kept ringing in my mind that you used in, you know, in, in your terrific response, in your terrific response is value. And, and that specifically that people in Cecil County are not getting the value out of their government that they deserve. And that things are suffering, that the accessibility of citizens to their government is, is, um, is poor. Uh, the responsiveness of their government leaves a good bit to be desired. Uh, that um, the quality of education is at severe risk um, because, as, as you very aptly mentioned, you know, the pandemic being in a, in a phase where, you know, whether it's you know, the scientific answer is whether the pandemic is clinically over or not. You know, COVID is a reality and we all have to learn to live with it. But it did come for those two or three school years. You know, data have already shown that, that there are gaps and there are problems with how kids are performing and we need to catch them up. And then plus also the safety uh, aspect. Uh, so, no, I, I think you've, you've hit upon a number of great reasons why people should vote for you. Um, I want to ask about one additional, you know, item and your position on it, because 
Um, you know, you mentioned before that the, the council is, is generally very, you know, right-wing people, and you are running as an unaffiliated candidate. Uh, so it seems like these, these Republicans in Maryland, from Dan Cox on down, are running on jobs, the economy, business, uh, keeping Maryland business friendly, you know, allowing people to have um, you know, be able to be entrepreneurs and, and uh, you know, big, nasty old liberal government taking away your rights and, you know, imposing regulations. I'm, I'm sure in your experience, you, you've heard this argument probably a thousand times. What, what, how are you, how are you, you know, what's, what's your, what are your thoughts in, in terms of, of um, you know, of, of pro-business, pro-private industry growth? Um, uh, you know, as I said in my intro, we, we started our um, on-farm ice cream business as a value-added business for our farm. Um, I don't know how much you know about dairy farmers, but the dairy industry is a very up and down kind of thing. And mm -hmm. uh, we decided we needed a, another business to add value to what we were trying to do. So we... Um, went to, uh, I didn't go, but my daughter-in-law went to um, Penn State Ice Cream School, started an on-farm ice cream shop. So one of the things that we were able to do um, in the county for farm businesses was to give them the opportunity in the zoning laws to start these farming businesses without having to change their zoning. Uh, which is very important because farmers don't necessarily, the majority of farmers want to keep their farms. They don't want to sell them for housing developments, et cetera. So to be able to have a commercial enterprise on your farm that was uh, you know, related to your agricultural business was a, a positive. Um, I'm currently on the board of library trustees in the county and chairman of the Citizens for Maryland Libraries in the state. Um, so one of the things that our particular library has been doing, and, and some of the other libraries throughout the state too, is working with people who are interested in starting businesses, put them uh, in contact with resources, help them with business plans, help them with demographics, help them with whatever they need help with to get that small business started. So, you know, I would continue to support that in our library. Right now, we've ordered another mobile unit uh, like our bookmobile that hopefully we'll get within the next year that will go out to the different communities and it will have those business services on it. So it'll be a mobile business unit. Um, I've promoted small businesses all my life. And if you look at my Facebook page, that's one of the things I've been doing. I think there in any economy, whether it's a state economy or a county economy, you need a um, a varied industrial base. We're fortunate in Cecil County, very fortunate to have gore plants. We have, uh, let me think, what's the, I'm trying to think of the, the name now, Northrop, Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman. And, yeah, gore, which, and gore is, is that the clothing company? Yes, gore? yes, yes. Yeah, just okay. for, for those of you who don't know, that was a very famous, I, I believe, Delaware Yes. Uh, founded company, uh, Gore-Tex, uh, yes. those of you who don't know, uh, was uh, was founded by a gentleman named Gore, and so there are plants in Cecil County. 
In his basement, yes, they're plants mm -hmm. in Cecil County. So that's a very, you know, that was a startup business long ago. Uh, Northrop Grumman has had many incarnations. They were ATK, they were, you know, but right mm -hmm. now they're Northrop Grumman. We're, sure. we're very proud to have them. We have, we do have some warehouses. We have an Amazon warehouse, um, Lytle warehouse. So we do have warehouses. So what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to say is that we need a variety of businesses in the county from warehouses to high tech industry to small businesses to uh, provide different types of jobs for the citizens in the county. So I don't think you should have um, you know, all warehouses or all big business or, you know, you need to vary it. So then when you have an economic downturn in any one industry, others can pick up the slack. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very much pro-business. And, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and last question I want to, I want to ask about, about um, your thoughts on policy. Um, you know, yeah. So my, my experience with Cecil County uh, is, is relatively limited. Um, you know, I, I adore Haver de Grace. I've been there a few times and enjoy going there. Uh, for Bill, Bill, that's, that's Harford County. Oh, that's Harford. Oh, my word. I'm sorry. <laughs> See how much I know. However, that's Perryville, right across the river. Right across Perryville the river. Perryville is in Cecil, correct? I'm sorry. Perryville is in yes, Cecil? Yes. Uh huh. Okay, 50 -50. you're good. You're good. I'm on the Hall of Fame, 50 50. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, I, I worked for the Baltimore VA for six years. Okay. And so I'm very familiar with the Perryville, uh, the Perry Point. Perry uh, Point, facility. Yep. Absolutely gorgeous piece of property. Oh, isn't it? I thought that at some point the VA ever wanted to get rid of it. One could do a heck of a, of a world-class resort there. It is absolutely gorgeous uh, vistas. And... Um, and I'm familiar with uh, with the transit stop there. And if I'm, I don't know about now, but I mean, again, this was in the early 2000s when I when I was there. I, I believe there was even a SEPTA connection uh, at one point that somehow got you to Perryville. I think it might have been like a, a bus, maybe not a rail. But you know, as you mentioned, I mean, Cecil County's kind of, you know, not this that linchpin that 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 uh fits the east that connects the east and the west um you know it's 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 considered in some in some statistics to be part of the of the philly um metropolitan area yes. and it's, it's very close to you know delaware so wilmington newark um all of that good stuff so you know how do you see you know on the other end of my of my previous question about small business in a regional connection, you know, how, how do you see Cecil County fitting in as that regional partner to take advantage of its location, um, you know, for the benefit of its citizens? Well, we're doing that to some extent in other areas, not necessarily in transportation, because that's always been, even when I was commissioner, trying to get that, as you know, Perryville is the last stop on the mark, mark mm -hmm. system. Uh, we've been trying to get that connection to go straight through to into the Delaware area. Uh, but working with Amtrak and that system is like working with them trying to get the bridges repaired over their tracks. It's just like we, you know, well, I won't go into that story. But anyway, 
that's always been a problem, um, you know, getting that last mile connection. But, you know, they, they continue to work on it. But I would point out one thing that, that maybe you haven't thought about or aren't aware about. Uh, you do know that Cecil County is the home of the grand five-star equestrian event. That I did not know that. We used to have oh, a, a jumping event in Howard County, and I miss it. But oh. so, so do tell me more. Uh, last year, and I forget which queen, Queen Elizabeth's granddaughter jumped at the five-star event or rode. I'm not sure which. I'm not very much a horse person, more of a cow person. Um, but it is a big five-star event. And if I'm, if I, if I get this wrong, the horse people are going to go after me, but I think there's only, you know, two or three of these in the United States and Cecil County is the home for one of them. And it's coming up in October. Mm, you have to look it up somewhere around the 16th of October. The reason I'm zeroed in on it this year is because, um, I have a grand dog Corgi. And at the five five star event this year in front of the grandstands, they're going to have a corgi race. So I'm going to cheer my grand dog corgi Berkeley on, which you know I figure if somebody stands at the end of the track with treats, we've won it. So, I love it. Yeah. So you know, um, lots of people from all over everywhere, um, you know, come to this. Uh, horse events so i love it that sounds that sounds wonderful i have to look i have to look that up look that up yeah i will i will i might even just look that up while you answer my next question which okay is, uh, which is that you know this has been a you know i want to say this has been a great conversation uh we've talked a lot about how we to elect you talked a lot about why we should elect you but what I want to give you an opportunity now is that this is the time of the podcast for what I like to call shameless self-promotion. So if you could uh, share with us how people could get involved in your campaign and any elevator pitch in closing you might want to share, now's your time. Okay, thank you. Well, we have, you know, the traditional avenues. We have writing Kilby Facebook, writing Kilby website. Uh, we are, you know, monitor that always. So uh, we look for volunteers. Um, you know, anybody that's interested in donating money, that would be great. Signs, billboards, you know, recordings are expensive, as I found out, much more expensive than 24 years ago. Um, so, you know, do donations would be great. But anybody that, one of the things I've been telling people consistently is everybody has networks. You have all kinds of networks, business networks, personal networks. If you can let people know that I'm running, if you can let them know how to actually write my name in, uh, that kind of support is vital. Because one of the things that I found during this campaign is that the other side um, has a lot of uh, fear and intimidation going on. And a lot of people are afraid to openly support me because of the fear of some kind of retribution in some way, shape or form, particularly business centers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll say behind doors, yeah, we support you and we'll write you in and that kind of thing. Uh, but they're afraid of, of uh, coming out outwardly. Normal citizens don't have that problem because they've had it up to here 
and they're ready to do anything that might give them a choice or, or um, point the government in another direction. Um, as I said, I, I read a Snoopy cartoon the other day online that um, Charlie Brown's uh, sister, I guess it is, was talking to him and asking him if all fairy tales started with Once Upon a Time. And Charlie Brown re replied, no, there's the other kind that says when I am elected. So I'm not here to, you know, promote fairy tales about what I'm going to do when I'm elected. I, I have a very uh, practical, common sense, problem solving approach to this. And I know very well that there, you know, probably going to be limited things I can do. But I do promise people this. I will not be quiet. I will investigate everything. I will raise issues. Uh, I will make sure that even if I can't change it, I make sure that the citizens of the county know what's going on. And then maybe, you know, in two years, they can change it. So right. Well, it, it sounds like it sounds like maybe the, the biggest takeaway I have from this is that the people of, of Cecil County need advocates on their on their county council. And I think you would be a terrific advocate. And I really want to thank you for the time you you shared with us today. Again, this is Phyllis Kilby, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S space K-I-L-B-Y. Fill in the arrow, write the name, and, and uh, you know, be happy that you've elected, that you're voting for a terrific person for county council. And incidentally, uh, uh, Phyllis mentioned her, her corgi, and I, I believe that corgi is going to be at the uh, Maryland Five Star at the Fair Hill Special Event Zone in Elkton, Maryland. I do know Elkton, and I did know Elkton is in Cecil. Uh, the 13th through the 16th of, of October, and it looks like a terrific event. And and Phyllis, you 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 were right on target. It, it apparently is everything horse. It's dressage, it's cross country, it's show jumping. Yeah. So if you are into any of the equestrian sports, anybody out there, and you don't know about this event, um, you should go because uh, it seems like a really interesting time, and and it's a it's apparently a very uh, as Phyllis mentioned, a very high level event. Uh, so, you know, by around that time, you should be getting your early vote ballots. So, you know, do both things, vote for Phyllis and then go to the, go to the equestrian event. Sounds great. Phyllis, thank you again for appearing on this. I hope we get to talk um, after sometime after November when you're council person elect. I would love to have a, a rematch. <laughs> a rematch? My goodness, I didn't see this as a competition, but a competition. No, it's not. Oh, no, but I, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. This has, been, this has been a terrific talk. I really enjoyed it. And folks, uh, next week, we will, we will have uh, rescheduled from last week, Len Foxwell here to talk with us about ranked choice voting. So mm -hmm. for Steve Hunt, my name is Bill Woodcock. You've been watching or listening to another edition of Forward Maryland. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care. Thanks, Bill.